eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Oh, hi there. Yes, welcome to the post-game podcast. Jerry Recco left early to go to Minnesota to cover Rutgers, Minnesota tonight. He'll be back tomorrow. Eddie Scazzeri joins me today. Good morning, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. I was thinking, uh, I don't know why I randomly thought of this, but I was thinking about talk radio, and I'm going to include all the formats in there. That's going to be your sports talk, your political talk, your entertainment talk. Okay. And I was looking for a five-year period where you thought it peaked. Hmm. Well, I think for me, for... I would have to say it's like 93 to 98. 93 to 98. Maybe 92 to 97. Okay. And for what reasons? What would you put in there? Well, that was when Imus uh, and the Bill Clinton thing, or, you know, Imus took credit for getting Bill Clinton elected. And there was some mild validity to that. It was also the sort of like the golden age of WFAN with the, uh, with the Knicks going to the finals, the Rangers winning the Cup, the Yankees winning uh, the World Series in 96. And also I was, you know, younger, so maybe that's just me sort of hearkening back to those glory years. And also Rush Limbaugh was at his peak, perhaps. Um, so that would that's what I would say. So you you have it from what ninety two to ninety seven if you're looking for five yeah years. yeah it's funny because I I put mine at ninety seven to two thousand two oh and also by the way Howard Stern right duh of yeah course. yeah so yeah that's interesting too like what you said about what what your own bias is correct definitely comes into play because I think about so I was a huge Howard Stern mm-hmm. fan and to me the Jackie the joke man years were my years, right? So that's where I think like Howard was the best. Evan Roberts didn't start listening to Howard till the Artie Lang years. So for him, the Artie Lang years are the best years. You know, there is some bias as to really what your age is when it sure. comes in there. But yeah, so I had down 97 to 2002 with Howard being Howard. Howard was at his peak. His movie had just come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Opie and Anthony hit WNEW. 
when that was flipping. That was like 98. You had Imus, of course, as much as I didn't like Imus uh, and listen to Howard Stern. I would think no one was listening to Imus. Clearly, that was not true. But Imus was on a roll. Mike and the Mad Dog Mm -hmm. were dominant in that time. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, as you mentioned, was going strong. I think Jim Rome at that point was, he was just starting to come of age, uh, like 97, 98. Not before that. A little, but but like he started to peak, I think, in that window of 97 to 2002. And and let me ask you this. Yeah. You know Howard more than I. Wasn't Jackie there in the time period that I mentioned as well? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't even remember exactly what year Jackie left, but I know I know through the nineties, Jackie was there for sure, okay. and probably even the early two thousands, uh, or yeah, definitely through the nineties. But yeah, I was just trying to think like you know that's to me that's when talk peaked because there were tons of different formats compared to now. There was the the sports talk, the political talk was big, um, FM talk starting to emerge where stations. After Opie and Anthony became successful, started the stations that Howard was on. They'd put on maybe Opie and Anthony in the afternoon and find some local talent for the middays and at night. And it was just like, it just felt like a different time period for talk. The internet hadn't super emerged yet. No, and for my time period that I gave you, the internet was non-existent. Yeah. It was in the very early stages, I guess, 96, you know, maybe... But it wasn't a thing yet. And, yeah. And this was before I discovered it. But uh, Coast to Coast, uh, back in that time, it was the legendary Art Bell. Right. Who I've only, I didn't get to experience, but I've heard like, you know, that was sort of a golden era for that as well. Sort of weird overnight, but still talk. Yes. And that was, uh, they were all Premier Radio Networks mm-hmm. on those. Premier Radio Network at one point had Art Bell in the overnight they had Rush Limbaugh when he was at his peak. They had Jim Rome when he was at his biggest, mm-hmm. as far as a radio audience goes. I mean, they were rolling that. And uh, then locally here in New York, Bob Grant also right. was in his heyday. Yep. So yeah, it was a was a a thing. Yeah, right. WOR was a competitive talk station. WABC. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on, yeah. and even when the internet was there. Like the years I gave of 97 to 2002, I I definitely got a computer in 1997 or 1998, somewhere right around there. But there wasn't podcast yet. You didn't have, you weren't competing against. No streaming. No streaming, right. It took you five minutes to load a page with a picture. (laughs) Right. So that wasn't happening yet. So yeah, those were just, I feel like those were the, so if you combine our two things. Yes. That you get the year from what you give ninety two as your mm-hmm. first year ninety two to two thousand two that decade yes that's a that's a chunk of radio oh. talk radio entertainment and it was also before the more current sensitivity yes uh, there's some stuff that was said on Imus and Stern and I'm sure the other shows Opie also. and Anthony for sure yeah which was just insane compared to what <laughs> we would think about today as being okay to talk about right. Yeah, there were a lot less limits. Mm -hmm. And back then, if someone was trying to censor you, like uh, they had tried to censor Howard, Mm -hmm. there was a backlash against the censors. Yes. Now it would be like, let's hop on board and get this guy fired. Right. Yeah. And and then Howard would just destroy the person who criticized. There was one guy in particular in Las Vegas who used to file tons of complaints against Howard Stern. Mm -hmm. 
and that was going on. That actually was the early '90s because the, I I remember I was at Indiana State at that time. Uh, so yeah, but you know what? So yeah, like that decade. If we can combine our two things, '92 mm-hmm. to 2002. And I remember I took a, a call from an ang- angry religious person in uh, the WFAN newsroom when Mike used the phrase the Holy Trinity of basketball to say it was Jordan Bird and Magic. Okay. And this guy called up and was just irate. And you know me, of course. Uh, you entertained him? He, well, I, I listened to him, but I argued back, you know, from, of course, an atheist's point yeah. of view, which just infuriated him. <laughs> and that he was, he was so cocksure that he was going to be able to get Mike and the Mad Dog off the air because of that. Because Mike said the Holy Trinity. Yeah. I mean, come on. But today, that might have some validity. <laughs> Absolutely. Today, it'd be possible. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, you'd be like, nah, go ahead, call. Who cares? Yeah. Right. That's basically what I did. Yeah. But of course, I talked to him for, you know, m- probably 20 minutes. Yeah. Just because I was entertaining myself, just like when I talked to the Jehovah's Witness. Right. Uh, outside my front door until they're looking at their watch. We have to. No, we uh... really have to go. Here's the watchtower. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. And then, like, so, like, in 90, I'm sorry, in 2002, well, 2003 is when the Opie Anthony situation happened with their sex, sex for Sam. For Sam. Mm-hmm. And then that destroyed. That really destroyed FM guy talk radio. Yeah. That absolutely destroyed it right then and there. Uh, and then Howard leaving for Sirius. When did that happen? Uh, that was 2003. Okay. The Opie and Anthony And then Imus had his situation in 2007. Right. right. And Howard was gone by 2006 mm-hmm. to Satellite, which was a whole different thing. But then, you know, Boomer and Carton started and were right. very successful. Yes. With a sort of modified guy talk. Sports talk, right. so you know it still survives. Yeah, but about, yeah, but you still had to put it like now. If you're doing talk radio, it's under under the heading of political talk or sports talk, right? There's really not much in between. Well, there's still a George Norrie on the coast to coast. That's true. And I, I don't know if there. I don't think there's any other national sort of, you know, uh, paranormal talk, if you will. Um, but I, he's still going. Yeah, there's probably just podcasts at this point. Oh, for sure, yeah. But there's something about the radio talk shows versus the other ways of consuming that media. Uh, we've talked about this before, and Opie and Anthony have brought it up, that even when Opie and Anthony just went to Satellite, and when they first went to XM, they had to be on a separate tier. You had to pay specifically, not only pay for XM, now you had to pay to get Opie and Anthony mm. in addition it was that the same for Howard? No, but but they went over earlier than Howard. Mm-hmm. So Opie and Anthony talked about an interview since then. Like y- y- they only had their fans listening. There wasn't somebody accidentally going around the dial and bumping into them saying something ridiculous that you then call into the radio station and be like, "These guys got to get fired. We got to get these guys off the air." Like you, they lost. They said you lose something with that when you don't. When you don't. When you're not catching people off guard, everything you're doing, your fans approve of. And for Howard, because it wasn't a pay tier, and because, you know, God bless Opie Anthony, but they weren't Howard Stern in terms of name recognition. Right. So even people who maybe didn't listen to Howard or he wasn't available in their market, 
if they had serious, oh, Howard Stern, I'm going to check him out. Right. So you had a few, you had more new listeners, I would yes. think, than Opie Anthony did. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And then, but yeah, they kept Opie and Anthony on that pay channel for a while before they released it to the regular. And also the, um, like for me, Stern, when he went to, like, listen, I am not a Stern, diehard Stern listener. I used to like him back when he was on WNBC. WNBC. In the late 80s. That's yeah. when my Howard listening was. Uh, so, and then I kind of stopped when I started working at the fan, not that I was like a fan loyalist, but it just, my life changed and then I wasn't, you know, in the car at those hours listening and blah, blah, blah. But when he went to satellite, I didn't sense that there was a huge difference. Oh, now I can curse. And now right. it's like, but for opening Anthony, I think they kind of dove into that part, but it kind of, it loses something. Yeah. It does lose something when you know you can do it. Yes. Yeah, there was fun, like, uh, yeah, there was funny to listen to both those shows <clears throat> try to do what they did under the broadcast FCC guidelines. Correct. And it absolutely loses something. And then, like, also for our, our own show that we're doing, now, a live show is total. it's a totally different animal. Right. Uh, doing a live show like we're going to be doing, but... Uh, you know, and maybe only because it's a one-off and it's like the first time we're doing it, there will still be some sort of shock value, if you will, to hear Boomer say the F word or whatever. But, you know, that's going to be a, a similar situation for us, although totally different with a live audience. I get that. Yes. But it's still a sort of a, you know, it's fun to skate on the edge. Yes. I always love that stuff yeah. more than the straight up nasty language that right, exactly. they could use on the radio now yeah, because it's like you know it's not clever yeah it's not clever <laughs> it's you know and, and speaking to talk radio in the golden age i don't know uh because i'm too young I'm 55 too young that what was was there any talk radio in the 60s and 70s you know i i don't know i would like to talk to someone i mean in the 80s i was kind of aware it was kind of growing and but what was was there any sort there, of talk radio? In yeah, I think they used to have sixties and seventies. Yeah, I think sometimes at night they would play talk shows mm-hmm. because when I went to Indiana State, I did a lot of uh, my papers and things on talk radio. Mm-hmm. And as part of like doing a paper on that, you have to go through the history of it. And I know I did. I can't recall all of it, but I know that there were late night. There were a lot of like actually. Um, there were a lot of uh, studies done on callers to late night radio shows and what they would call a uh, parasocial interaction. Mm-hmm. So like the, the callers and the people listening thought that they knew the host, they had a relationship with yes. the host, even though they didn't really know them the same for like Johnny Carson and David Letterman and that sort of thing. So they did definitely existed, but I don't think they were full Full radio stations, and it wasn't a, it wasn't the golden era for sure. It was not the golden era, no. But I think John Sterling even did talk shows before FAN was yeah, a thing. WMCA, yeah, sports talk, sports talk, yeah, and Art Russ Jr. and Bill Mazer, they all had some shows. It yeah. wasn't twenty four hour sports station because we were the first for that. But yes, yeah. this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Then uh, another story I wanted to talk to you about, Eddie, is what's going on with all of these whales dying along the east coast yeah there i heard the report about that yeah uh, in new jersey specifically yes that they were trying to sort of pinpoint a causality for it and there was i, I think at least a few of them were uh ship strikes you know these large vessels mm-hmm. uh, versus a whale is near the surface the whale's not going to have a chance as big as they are if it's a large enough vessel. You think hitting a deer uh, on the highway is bad. What do you hit a whale out in the open no, ocean? No, but if you're a big liner or something like That's that, true. it's not going to matter. That's it's true. That'd not- be like hitting a, a deer with a Mack truck. Right. Right. Exactly. Not, no damage, really. Okay, so they think uh, maybe there's some ship strikes. Yeah, that's some of it, but they're sort of at a loss as to why this is happening. I saw another thing about uh, construction of wind-powered yes, energy. Yes, that, that was part of the, in this part of, part of the tr- ship traffic involved with that construction. Yeah, is possible as for some of them, but not all of them, certainly. Yeah, they're talking about the cargo ships because uh, mm-hmm. they were backed up during the pandemic. Uh, you know, the supply chain issues. Now mm-hmm. that that's all opening up, well, there's a lot more ships going through. Right, and, and maybe it's coinciding with the time that the whales are near the surface or you know there's a lot more of them migrating or breeding or what have you that wasn't an issue in the past and now there's just too much ship traffic yeah but there's been i'm reading now 23 20, yeah 23 now since uh, uh early december of mm-hmm. last year and one another one just showed up today on mm-hmm. the jersey shore what species does it say humpback yeah they're humpbacks Fin's. okay yeah it's weird yeah well i mean they're and perhaps there are, and this is a, a good thing, I suppose, maybe there are the whales' numbers have increased recently or in the last 10 years. Maybe there's just more whales, and now with the ship traffic, it's going to happen more. But Right, more yeah. whales, more ship traffic. Yeah. A lot, of, uh, a lot of traffic out there in the ocean. Mm-hmm. I can see it just from when I walk along in Bradley Beach. There's tons of stuff going on out there. Yeah. Like, I, re- I don't remember seeing all that. Like, every time I look out there now, there's there's things just sitting out there. And they're huge. Huge. Yeah. I should get my binoculars out. These super these super tankers are just massive. They're as big or bigger than an aircraft carrier. Is that right? The modern aircraft carrier. Yeah. Tremendously, because they're, you know, hauling all this oil all over the place. There's a... Uh, an app somebody on the Bradley Beach Facebook group posted is an app. I think it's called Marine Traffic. And I guess because all these ships and all, they have to register where they are. Mm-hmm. You could go onto this uh, this website and pick a part of the ocean and click on each ship. It tells you what ship it is out there and whether and what type of ship it is. So I'll go out there. I'll look sometimes when it's really crowded out there. I'll go on this app. And some of them are shipping containers. Some of them are just fishing boats. Some of them are individual people that just have a, a boat, like how Geo has a like boat. pleasure vehicle. Yeah, pleasure pleasure trains, pleasure boats <laughs> out there. Yeah. 
But I don't know. This is a little too. I don't. I don't like seeing dead animals washing up on shore. No, no. It's it, it's uh, it bums you out. Yeah, especially a whale. I think a whale could take on anything. No, no, hmm. no. They uh, yeah. I mean, they don't have that many natural predators. Yeah, as opposed to you know, except us. But you know, there's some killer whales which will go after uh, larger whales. And there's uh, if the, the the transient killer whales, not the ones that stay in one area, but the ones that are in the traveling pods will attack mammals. Uh, and then some of the bigger shark species will sometimes go after the whales. But, you know, the really big, big whales don't really have many natural predators. Right. Who's going to eat a whale? Mm-hmm. Now, what are these offshore wind farms? What are the, was the point of them? Is that just to Energy, like... Energy, I suppose, uh, you know, to harness the... the ever-present wind energy that's out there on the ocean. So they would just put big... When, yeah, I've seen them. The b- big, uh, giant, like, windmill-type things, uh, like I see down Atlantic City sometimes? Yeah, the, not, not, but not the old quaint windmill, but a, you know... A the big metallic-looking thing. turbine. Yeah. Yeah. To just plant them out there and just, you know, harness the wind. And, you know, there's some, uh, you know, uh, futuristic or, or movies that, you know, look into the future, the not-too-distant future, which, you know, they'll display, like, all your coastline. is just all these wind turbines to try yeah. to generate enough energy for the population. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's killing the whales, though, Eddie. Can't have that. Yeah. Well, I mean, once they're up, hopefully then you have less traffic and they'll just be uh, generating power. And hopefully the whales don't bump into those big big turbines out yeah. there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they would they would be able to avoid them. Right, because they're standing still. Yeah. The wind turbines, that is. <laughs> Correct. You ever see those things down in Atlantic City when yeah. you head down that uh-huh. way? Uh-huh. And I, I see them like if I travel out in the areas of the west, you'll see them up on ridgelines. And in some places here in the east, too, up on the ridgelines of, of mountains, they'll have them all in sort of in a row on a ridgeline. Now, why can't you get we get that on our roof instead of solar panels? Uh, well, I don't know about the roof, but you can... Well, I mean, I don't know if your township or mine has ordinances against Probably. it. Yeah, and it would look <laughs> terrible. But, if, you know, you could construct a big wind turbine on your right property. On the, right on the corner where my condo is. Yeah. I was going to put a big wind tar- uh, right. turbine so, up there. But, uh, yeah, I think there are, you know, I don't think the neighbors would be too happy. That's why they want to be like, uh, middle about, of the ocean. Yeah. And, and again, I don't know. Like, those those ones that you see down there, those are gigantic. Yeah. And the 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 blades themselves are probably 20 feet long or longer yeah you know so obviously for a home you'd have to get a much smaller version of that what if we had a bunch of little ones on the roofs yeah (laughs) well i mean and then there's uh people don't like when solar panels go up yeah like i have on my home yeah people get angry about solar panels doesn't look nice and to me i like you know it's the roof it's the roof exactly i don't even see it anymore Right. And if it's, you know, knocking my, you know, I pay basically a service charge during the, the summer months for my electric bill, you know, so it's uh, working out for me. Yeah. <laughs> now I am renting them every month, you know, so it's, but it's ultimately it is a savings for me. For yeah. Sure. Oh, so you pay to rent and then yes. your bill. Right. And then, that. of course, then there's some, you know, the money, the, the, the energy goes back to the grid when I'm producing a lot during the summer months and you know, it's a, we, we did the math and it's, it's not a tremendous, huge savings, but yeah. it is a savings, especially over the long haul. And do you feel like 
that's good for the environment as well? Yeah, well, I mean, you have all these, like, and I'm not smart enough to know the long-term answer, but, you know, like Boomer always says, like, oh, what are you doing with all these wind turbine blades because they're toxic or whatever, whatever they're made of, and the same thing with the the batteries or the solar panels, energy receptors in the solar panels and the cost it takes to produce them for the stuff that has to go into them. And then what do you do with them afterwards? I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that it's got to try something. So we're not just keeping burning fossil fuels. Yes. That is it perfect. No, I think ultimately we will figure it out. Yes. Will it, cause irreparable ecological harm before that time i certainly hope not and i don't think it will but i'm not i'm not a scientist in that area or a scientist at all so i don't know but i know the to just keep burning fossil fuels is probably not the way to go either although it might we might be already beyond the tipping point for that but then again you look at the history of the earth most of the time that life has existed on the planet has n- not been during an ice age. I mean, the far majority has been ice-free. And we are technically still in an ice age because of the percentage of the planet that's still covered by ice, uh, most of it in Antarctica. But we're still technically in an ice age. We're, we're in an interglaciation phase of an ice age. But we are still technically in an ice age. But look at most of the history of the planet has not been in an ice age and night in terms of species extinction and all that like 99.99 percent of every species that have ever existed on the planet is extinct just the way it goes you know things evolve change into a different species or go extinct or what have you so you know is it ultimately just the way the earth is and yeah probably right yeah I, but i don't have the answers I and mean, we all love polar bears because they're you know big you know sort of cute unless you're up against them yeah, the animal cute and they're sort of dying out because of climate change but again most species almost all the species that have ever existed are, are gone right so that's just the way of things that's how it goes eddie mm-hmm Things, everything dies. That's a fact. Correct. Everything that dies someday comes back. That I don't know. That's the Bruce Springsteen lyric. Oh, okay. All right, Eddie, let's uh, do the warm-up program. We'll be back. Ooh, tomorrow's Friday. It is. That's right. Uh, We'll be back uh, tomorrow with uh, Jerry and Gio with Mm -hmm. CeeLo on updates. Eddie and I will be in the other room. Yes. See you all. See you all.